Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we have an important topic, creating a positive environment for your sales force. And we're so lucky today to have Malcolm Hollensteiner, our expert, who will share with you his wisdom. Malcolm is uh, SVP and head of mortgage production at Sandy Spring Bank. Welcome, Malcolm. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate this topic is so important, and maybe we should start out with, you know, how you got into managing and share with everyone your own experience. Well, terrific. Uh, I was very fortunate uh, in that when I started in the business uh, all the way back uh, in 1993, I went to work for one of the top uh, mortgage lenders in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan market, which was a a company called First Washington Mortgage, which was part of a small bank headquartered in Northern Virginia called Washington Federal uh, Savings and Loan. And out of that group, which was a group that was run by uh, Chris Warner and Mike Twig, um, lots of the top producers and managers uh, on the East Coast in our in the business came from that group. And in we were together for years uh, as we went through different ownerships, and including a almost 12-year run under uh, the banner of National City Mortgage, which was owned by National City Bank out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio, which was one of the top lenders in that, you know, 2000 to 2008 period. And, you know, we were very fortunate in that we had a uh, very dynamic culture, which uh, was predominantly filled by mortgage originators who came from outside of the industry. So, we were all rookies and we hired all rookies and because of that we were able to develop a, a great culture and, and a real winning team attitude that lasted for a long time obviously until the industry changed in that 2008-2009 period but I was very fortunate to be exposed to some of the real leaders of our industry who really focused on you know character and, and determination and personality uh, as far as as the traits that successful people in our industry needed to have. Kind of talk a little bit about, I assume that you were involved, obviously, with doing your own production, and then you moved into managing. What was kind of the best advice that you got on the managing topic? I think the best advice that I got on the managing topic was that, uh, you know, not everyone is created equal, and you don't want everyone to be created equal. And uh, the key is to to find, uh, is to recognize diversity and, and differences in, in work style and personality, but to try to get people like people who have different, come from different backgrounds and who have been exposed to different aspects in life, to get them to understand uh, the goal of the team and to play together as a team. And, and if you can do that, uh, you'll have a very successful team, you know, no matter how large or small you are, because our business comes down to very much so of personality business and people want to deal with people who they can trust and respect and like. And if you have people uh, as teammates who command that type of respect, uh, it goes a long way in building the right culture. So when you look back at it, what surprised you about managing versus what you actually experienced? Well, I think what surprised me uh, however many years ago and still surprises me today is how mortgage originators, how mortgage bankers how they handle or don't handle challenges in their day-to-day work life. And, 
you know, handling challenges different today than it was 20 years ago because uh, challenges today are probably more on the regulatory and compliance side when 20 years ago it was more on the customer side. But I think, uh, you know, how people handle challenges, how they handle surprises, you know, how they handle uh, adversity um, shows you a lot about their character and shows you, I think, a lot about their ability to be successful in this business because, you know, I think the one constant that I still see today is, you know, the top originators are, are people who, you know, they stay off the roller coaster and they stay off the roller coaster ride of our business. They're honest and, and concise when they have to deliver bad news and make those tough communication touches. But because they're honest and because they're subject matter experts, when they deliver the bad news or the not so good news, uh, people respect their advice and, and they take that and move on the, the right way. So when you look at it, in other words, from from your viewpoint in a practical sense, that when people are looking at managing, so many times it's taking a producer to become a manager, a top producer becoming a manager. What are kind of the hurdles of the top producer doing that? And it, it's really not an easy transition. It's not easy, and there are a lot of hurdles, Pat. You, you nailed it dead on right there. I, I think that you know our industry, it we continue to make that mistake where because someone is a good producer or a top producer, we think that they're going to be a good leader, but those don't always equate to each other. So I, I think that, you know, the good leaders in our industry weren't always the greatest producers. A mm-hmm. lot of them were great producers, but, you know, good leaders in the mortgage business are people who at the end of the day, their foremost talent is that they understand people, you know, they understand how to motivate people. They understand how to, lead and to mentor people, and they understand how to dis- discipline people at the same time. So it's really you know, understanding people and, and understanding how to handle different situations and you know, how to handle adversity, how to handle defeat, how to handle the, the daily chaotic mess that our business is very frequently. Well, it's very similar to sports. I'm sure you will, you will share that same idea. I know we talk about it all the time. Isn't that really kind of your impression? I mean, sometimes, you know, you have a good day and sometimes you don't. And it's very similar to a sporting uh, efforts. It, it's, the, you know, it's the perpetual score scoreboard. Um, you know, the, the scoreboard is always on every day in our business, you know, every day. At the end of the day, at the end of the week, end of the month, end of the year, you know, you got winners and losers, and and when you lose, you got to get back into the gym or get back onto the field and and practice twice as hard, and you know, learn from your mistakes, and and you know, try to uh, acquire that competitive advantage that helps separate you from the rest of the pack. But yeah, the, there's a lot of similarities um, with with athletics, with team sports, and then. Obviously, a lot of you know coaching similarities or metaphors that you can talk about as well. But it's really, you know, from a coaching perspective and a management perspective, it's it's you know making sure your team understands the game plan and you know trying to follow that game plan no matter how volatile the game might get and and you have to make changes to your game plan mid-season, but. You know, those leaders who are most effective in, in managing their game plans are the ones who enjoy the most success. Well, they're all great points. Why don't we really go a little bit deeper on this whole issue of creating a positive environment for your sales force? Talk about, for the listeners, kind of how do you do that? And then we'll talk a little bit more about different circumstances. 
Well, I think a lot of it is is recognizing who your players are, and and some of your players are going to need more positive reinforcement. Some of your players are going to need less positive reinforcement. You know, a lot of good mortgage originators want to be left alone, but when they do need something, you know, they want that something to be taken care of right away. Other originators, particularly those who are maybe uh, on the uh, the less experienced side or personalities are just different, need a lot more day-to-day coaching and motivation and, and uh, attaboys. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's really recognizing who's on your team. And to recognize who's on your team, you have to get to know people. And, and that, that, you know, it starts in how you hire people. You know, obviously, if, if you can hire people who are referred to you by your existing uh, players and teammates, you know, that's the best, um, that's the best validation you can find. But even if you're hiring people who you've never interacted with previously, if you get to know them, you get to understand what's important to them. Um, you know, what are their hot points? Um, what are they looking for in terms of coaching or mentoring? Um, cause everyone has different needs when it comes to that. So it's really getting to know your people, taking the time to know them and then, you know, making sure that, uh, you're always fine-tuning your relationships and your partnerships and making sure that uh, you see what others are going through and, and that you have empathy with them. So when you're talking about knowing them, um, talk about is this an issue of uh, going out to dinner with them or is this an issue that you have a series of questions that you ask them? I mean, do you ask them point blank you know, in other words, what motivates you or how do you go about doing that? I think it's all the above. I mean, it's a lot of it is conversations that can happen during the normal Mm -hmm. nine to five day. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just, you know, trying to trying to figure out what what people are thinking about, you know, what motivates them, what their concerns are, what their worries are. Um, you know, our business is, is so volatile and obviously so chaotic that it's very easy for originators, even those who are doing well, to, to get down and to be um, angry and upset or agitated, particularly if, you know, they lose a deal to the competition or a deal gets mm-hmm. denied by the underwriters. So it, it's, you know, part of it is, as I mentioned, alluded to earlier, it's it's trying to keep your players off of that roller coaster. You know, you you want them to celebrate their wins, but you don't want them to get overwhelmed by their wins because then the losses, you know, can be even more painful. So you're kind of trying to keep that calm and steady, eddy approach to the business um, and to, you know, to talk to people about that. And, you know, sometimes you talk about talking them down off of the ledge, you know, <laughs> trying to try to get them to right. understand that, you know, right, you lost that deal, that deal that got denied. And maybe it was your most valuable referral source, but they're still going to work with you. It's, it's how you handle um, that. Uh, it's how you handle that adversity. You know, it, it's, it's how you overcome the adversity really helps you build those stronger relationships. But yeah, I think it's really just knowing your people and, and, you know, making sure that you think of them as people first and as employees second. So when you look at, and I know you've done this in your own career, um, what about when a manager goes into an organization, let's say they join a company and there's already an existing team and that existing team could have had a really poor 
uh, culture could have had a poor. I mean, that's why they made cha- uh, they made changes. Okay. How do you, how do you, I mean that's a tough for any manager. How do you handle what what's kind of your approach when you go into an organization where the group's already there? They might have you know a, somewhat of a negative atmosphere, and now your job is to turn it around. How do you handle that? Well, you know, I've I've made that mistake many times <laughs> is to going into that role and and not being prepared and not understanding my role. So I think I, I think I'm an expert on that because of my own uh, trials and errors and defeats in that topic. I would say that uh, the first thing that that manager has to do is he or she has to understand the history of the organization, and you know, understanding the history means you then also have to you know, try to figure out the culture and try to figure out who the key players are and try to figure out, you know, what has worked well in the past and, and what hasn't worked as well. And, um, you know, history is a great guide in our business because um, successful teams and unsuccessful teams in our industry, you know, they, they there are always lots of clues that are left behind as to why they were successful or why they were failures. But, a lot of times you come in, uh, a new manager comes in, and whether it's the CEO or the president or head of production or a branch manager, and they think that you know their personality is so awesome and overpowering that um, you know yesterday's history doesn't mean anything because you know they're wiping the slate clean and starting from scratch. And and you know that only happens if uh, you're starting a new company and you're the first employee. Um, you know, uh, with, if you're not the first employee, then that means someone's been there longer than you. And that individual knows more about the organization than you do. And you need to respect that and you need to learn from that. And you need to be very deliberate. I mean, I, you know, you and I, Pat, have, you and I, Pat have talked about, uh, situations where that I've encountered where, uh, you know, I've gone into some of those organizations and, uh, you know, I probably wasn't as uh, uh, wasn't as attentive to the history and to the culture, and and I paid uh, dearly for those mistakes. So I think you know that understand learning the history, understanding the culture. You know, we we talk we throw the word culture out a lot. You know, it's the great cliche or metaphor, whatever you have it. But you know, every organization has a culture, whether it's good or bad, and and understanding that culture takes time. I think. Uh, Quite honestly, I think in our business, um, particularly when you're on the bank side, you know, it takes a good 12 to 18 months to, to re- truly learn a culture and to learn who those players are that you have to you know, be on good terms with. Right. Yeah. Everyone, I think, in their own career. So it's not you're not the first one where they've told you one thing during your interview process and then you actually get there and it's completely different from what they said. And I found and this is the thing that I did in my corporate days is that I would go and do what I call the listening tour because I learned my lesson that you can't go in and make changes right away. And yeah. because if you do that, um, you don't know if you're hitting on a sacred topic, which you may not think anything of. So um, I was a big fan of the listening tour where I would talk to everyone um, to get the good and the bad of the group and go through that process versus the first day making changes. Is that something that you've done? Yeah, I have. I have. And, and, and you know, the important, um, the, the great skill there is to understand, um, 
you know, when you want to listen with uh, open ears and when you want to kind of tell people to shut up because you don't want to hear any more sob stories about how bad things are. Um, (laughs) So it's that it's that fine line as to, you know, what's really important, what what did work and what has nothing to do with the conversation. But, you know, the great thing about our industry, Pat, as you know, is is honesty is uh, not an issue with producers, especially top producers. So um, they will tell you right away what works, what doesn't work, you know, what you're not going to change, you know, what you're going to change. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, what you'll, they'll tell you how to do your job pretty quickly. So. Oh, yeah. that, that is also <laughs> true. Very true. So uh, we're coming down to the last few minutes, Malcolm. These are all great points. Uh, what would be a couple takeaways that you would want the listeners today to kind of think about regarding creating a positive environment for your workforce? I think the the first thing is is you know to be positive to create a positive team you got to be positive and you got to remain positive no matter how challenging or difficult it it can be because um you know when you're on the front lines of our business uh you got to make sure that uh, you keep your head down and uh keep moving forward and that sometimes isn't isn't always that easy so mm-hmm. I think just maintaining a positive energy um you know I think uh understanding the industry, understanding your 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 own company strengths, understanding your competition, understanding the local marketplace, um, you know that whole competitive intelligence I think is becoming more important or more valuable every day because, you know, uh, the industry is is so is so challenging and so tough to be successful that. You know, if you know what your competition is doing, that that gives you a leg up. Um, so I think having a a more of a, um, a an external wor- view of the, our business instead of focusing just on your own internal organization, mm-hmm. I think is important today as well. And, and I think the other thing is is to to try to no matter how uh, hard it is sometimes to t- try to keep having fun in this business. You know, we're our industry is not as fun as it used to be, and we always talk uh, about how can we, you know, bring back some of the fun, um, and and that's important because, you know, for us to attract good people in the business, um, you know, we've got to show people that this is a great career path, not just because of of what you can do financially or what you can do as far as helping families with home ownership, but they can also have fun doing it, and you work with fun people and you know enjoy some great camaraderie. Well, they're all great points, and I I really think that everyone listening today certainly learned a lot. So I want to thank everyone for listening, and I want to ask you to look forward to our next podcast and certainly have a great sales week. Thanks a lot, Malcolm. Thanks, Pat.